0: Hey, everyone, you are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez, my in-studio guest. It's been too long.
1: Bro, 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 bro. Ten nah. years.
0: No. I, I wish I had the hip-hop <laughs> horn, man.
1: man. One,
0: the only, a Chicago institution, Mr. Pugs Adams. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, man. It's good to be here. Good to reconnect, man. Come on, girl. Uh-huh. Come
0: on, girl. One of the things that I was, I was mulling over my head when I was getting ready to speak with you, is just what's been happening in Chicago over the last six years or so. And I'm wondering, as someone who is a student of the game, as someone who's been instrumental in shaping Chicago's hip-hop identity and as somebody who's been as astute in the genre and the culture as you have, what's it been like to be able to step away as you have when you were in the UK and see what Chicago was doing when you weren't there? Like, yo, I had a hand in that.
1: Uh, I think it's definitely like a evolution, but in a, in a great way, because, I mean, we had many strides over the years, but this is like the generation that took all those things everybody did throughout a lot of those things and was just like, we're going to make it our way. And I think that's the key of just saying this is how we're going to do it, as opposed to, you know, trying to follow how somebody else did it. And um, also, I just think, people sticking together more, like, really having solid teams, you know? Like, I think... I was actually talking to somebody at Taiwan about this uh, yesterday. If all those labels, you know, from the 90s had came together, that would have been a pretty hard conglomerate in the Midwest. And then they could go nationally from there. But to see Chance, to see Vic, and like Vic, man, it's crazy. Like he would just be at HBK because these guys, the good doctors that would do segments on our shows, would just bring, you know, random people, him, BJ, the Chicago kid, and they would just be in the cut, you know, and like, you know, both super talented guys, but just super low key about it, you know, to the point I'm like, bro, do you have a song that you want to play or something? What are you doing here? You You know, why not? But just to see that growth and then also them knowing, you know, because both of those guys, like they, I've had that conversation where they were telling me these are you know to a point what's going to happen but not in a boastful way but this is what I'm here to do you know
0: that's got to make you feel good right as yeah, one of the it feels elder great, statesmen. man
1: no it feels great
0: i don't even man this must have been like 3 years ago i was just trolling around the internet on youtube and uh what, an interview with vic popped up with that cat from uh from canada that dude uh, dude <laughs> yeah and one of the questions vic answered Pugs Adams, WHPK, as far as influence and something that he still remembers as like getting his toes wet. How does that feel? Like people are not just nodding to you, Mm. but
1: the history is there. The
0: history is there, but they're also referencing it out loud so that cats know.
1: Yeah, that was a crazy moment. It felt good, you know, and just to see other people are paying attention to where you're paying attention. Because when I interview people like I've been, you know, watching the whole progression and Excited to finally, you know, give that. But, um, you know, back to the first thing you were saying, like, the crazy part was it was a lot of, like, publicists and booking agents in London that started to hit me up about the different people in Chicago. And I thought that was amazing because when I first got there, it was just really, like— Common moment, Kanye, Lupe. That was pretty you know, Lupe, and that was the end of the list. You know what I mean? But now it's like all these people doing all these things. Like Saba did his first headlining tour, and that's crazy. I'm just like, man.
0: You know what's wild? And I and I've often wondered about this, because there was a time, and I don't want to get bogged down into the negativity too much, but I mean it, it has to be mentioned because for a while this was certainly what Chicago was known for. But in the early mid-90s, when Chicago was developing its own identity in hip hop, I remember there were several artists, maybe just a handful. Full of dudes who were rapping mm-hmm. and essentially acted as the gatekeepers mm-hmm. and and the city got this connotation of those dudes really trying hard to keep that spot and not letting anyone in do you think we hurt ourselves by having that mentality
1: i think it definitely hurt it and also i mean i think it turned a lot of us against the older generation each each time you'd be like oh well that's how what you guys are on and i mean like when i started in acrobats i only started it because the crew i was trying to get in was like bro you should just start your own thing and i'm like Guys, you have all these keys you could just pass down to me. And I'm, you know, from watching the hip hop project. That radio show. Like, that was the one thing I thought was so genius of Brother L. Like, he had the show, did it for those years, but then he passed it. And then the next guys passed it. So the legacy is still there, but all these other voices come, you know. And, like, right now with CTA Radio, I'm like, guys, we got to pass it, man. I know you guys love to do it and all (laughs) that, but it's got to be the new vibes. Because when we started, that's what made it exciting, these new vibes. And I'm really curious now to see who's going to be the young radio person that's going to be... Given that
0: That's so that's so dope To hear you say that
1: Working up a, Working up a Bad to the bone Like Kansas B Bad, many good Run D.O.C. I'm primetime I'm your TV I'm time, I'm, I'm your TV We fry. Need a bottle G We hit the flow Like M.O.P. I really am a M.I.B. Let me speak honestly.
0: When you think about what got you involved in, not music, cause I understand your parents were both creative influences, mm-hmm. but when you think about what got you wanting to create hip-hop, was it what was happening in the city of Chicago? And if so, what was that that you caught wind of? Uh,
1: uh, Shy Rock, Dem Dare, like those two crews definitely, you know, had a thing. Dem Dare was more visual in their presentation, because, I mean, that's something, you know, with fashion and all that, that I'm into, of being crisp. Like, you could be very talented, but you also have to look very talented at the same way. And I'm not saying you dress a certain way, that kind of thing, but the whole presentation has to be flawless so it puts you in a place where you're separate, you have your own world, people have to come into what you're on, you know? But I think also that it was so secretive, you know? Like, in that time, like, you'll walk up and see somebody and you're like, obviously you're into what I'm into, and you guys will become fast friends. Now that is the one thing I say now that's very difficult because everybody dresses from the internet, so you could be into Guns and Roses, but you look like you might hang on 87th Street. You know what I mean? It's just such a mishmash, yeah, man, of the whole thing. So it's harder to, you know, to find those people. But it was definitely that—that that it was something people weren't really into, and then it really pushed you to go hard because people weren't into it. So it was like uh, always a prove yourself type, type of situation.
0: One thing that I think a lot of folks might be surprised to learn is there was a point in not just the U S and globally, but here in the city of Chicago where you couldn't just have a hip hop show at a, at a night spot. Like that was, nah, that, considered was a, edgy, yeah, that
1: was, that was a lot of work to, to work that out, convince them nothing would happen. And you know, and also I mean the ages you know a lot of people were super young throwing parties I remember like when we started we were all probably like 16, 17, 18 coming to a club with this long letter explaining that we're an artistic group with poets and (laughs) all these other things to make that it's going to be a rap show okay you know or getting scammed which we got scammed a lot you know from people that own lofts on South Michigan Avenue and like oh yeah yeah, you can run out the space then get there oh yeah it's locked you know
0: damn well what was that like fighting for the legitimacy of this genre that you felt so passionate about
1: i mean I, to me like that was like one of the best things because it was like everything you did showed improved you know like i remember parents you know as i was like ah, i'm leaving art school i'm just gonna rap full time and throw parties and you know do all this hip-hop stuff but to bring that money back and then consistently start bringing that money back and you know that paying for everything else you know like when I look back, I'm like, if I hadn't have been in the hip hop, I just would have had a super regular job, otherwise you know none of, none of the other stuff would have happened because I'd just been too focused on that. but the money just kept circulating from all those things from the graffiti stuff to the music stuff, and then just in turn seeing so many other people you know latching onto that I mean that's what I really learned from Mo man and all of them from working at them working at the record stores to them putting out their vinyl, but the money has to circulate. Party people, we're about to tear this motherfucking oh, roof off.
0: You are listening to Vocalo Radio, main studio guest, Mr. Bugs Adams. Let's talk about this new single that's off your upcoming project, and it's called Sweat. This is a pretty dope track for a number of reasons. The sample that you flip on here is, is iconic to cats who've been fans of hip-hop. Tell me what about this spoke to you beyond the fact that J. Cole has used it and he did something dope with it. Talib has used it did something dope with it. What spoke to you about this?
1: Well, the wild part, it had nothing to do with any of that stuff. I imagine Uh, it did not. But it was just really, I remember my parents, and I I think it was probably my mom, and then it was my dad, even though it was probably his record because he had a pretty good record collection. But I remember them making me sit and listen to Nina Simone and really hear what Strange Fruit was about in the other records. And then also how she was telling our story in a certain way, you know, not to glorify or dehumanize it, but to humanize it and, you know, make it like history lesson in a way. And, you know, I, that just touched me because it just, you know, it was a childhood memory. But then also it was just like uh, I had just came back because we worked on this album for like four or five years. Like we didn't, this is the first album I did not rush, didn't say I have a year to complete it or before I go on tour or something like that. This was like, really, let's just see where it goes. If the songs are dope two years from now, cool. If it's not dope, not going to use it, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, what Mulatto did with it and then him bringing in all these musicians on this project was, you know, a, a different thing, you know, seeing him working that way. You know, he's like, oh, I got this guy to come do the bass. I got this guy to come do the drums. This girl's going to play the flute. And then, you know, just these other people come sing background. You know, it's just like a, a different, different place, you know, more like an orchestra, but loose, you know, because all these people are in their glow, in their lives, you know, living it and that kind of thing. And just so happened to touch down because most of the artists on the album have not heard any of this stuff. That's they crazy. They just know their part. So it's going to be funny, you know, people from the My to GLC to Maggie from Sidewalk Chalk to Gantman. You know, that was, that was probably, like, one of the most exciting things about the project because me and him grew up together, and he was a graffiti writer. And, like, whatever we would all kick it to try to make raps, he would be in the hallway making these house tracks, and we'd make fun of him. <laughs> but we had no idea that he was popping like that in-house because we didn't really listen to house like that. But, uh, you know, we to finally touched down and do something.
0: So the project is called Highly Irregular. Yeah. Now, considering your career in hip-hop spans waves here in the city, But even beyond that, and if we just look at all the life changes that have happened to you, if you think about when you started, and I don't even mean the ability to write Adobe 16. I'm talking about content. Mm -hmm. What do you think the biggest evolution for you, Pugs Adam, has been from the very beginning to where you see yourself as now?
1: Being able just to be honest, you know, and just say this is the kind of performer, storyteller I am and accepting that. And that's definitely something I learned from Prime Meridian because we used to have this thing where we were all freestyle to songs and that thing, but it was about what did you actually say in the freestyle that was actually you? And then from there, that was just something we noticed, like all the younger guys that would come record with us, they really enjoyed that aspect of just being able to say what they were feeling and, you know, not have to like, well, this is a girl song, so... Gotta get your sexy rap on, you know. <laughs> it's just like you from your perspective, this is a girl song, you know. Yeah. So yeah. you're
0: a more honest individual these days, you think?
1: Uh, yeah yeah I mean my first album you hear it like when my wife heard it she's like that's you I was like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz it was just you know in your face yeah. yeah. dough show and you know it was just like it was how necessary. hard how hard could it be you know I mean back then what's the craziest metaphor i could say you know now it's like still the craziest metaphor but within the realm of making this a good song up a
0: switch,
1: working. working up a sweat working up a sweat up we
0: have the single sweat. Sweat sweat, sweat. sweat, 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 sweat. Talk about this. Now, again, uh, one of the things I've appreciated about you throughout your career is that you seem to adapt well to whatever beat you're riding. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a boom bap, that's, that's what pugs we're going to get. If it's mm-hmm. more of a up-tempo, you're going to get that type of pugs. You're mm-hmm. not afraid to, to play with your flow. Mm-hmm. On this, I feel like you are doing that to perfection, especially considering what the track is calling for. Tell me how you wanted to approach this.
1: Well, you know, I had an album some years ago called Conversations with a Chameleon. And the reason it even had Chameleon in the title was because I always go with the beat. Like I can't not not go with the beat because I just feel that's like such a faux pas, and I hate hearing like you know like a DMX or like a, anybody with a deep voice try to do a super soft song because it just always sounds. Baby, I love you. Yeah, we're like, gonna be together. Like when Cannabis did this song about you know it was just like ah, just just battle me, just give me the. Ah, ah. But it was a chess move on that song because it was like you know. He showed it to me and I was like, cool. I came and did a couple of verses. He was like, all right, cool. And I was like, all right, well. The hooks has got to be different, though. So, you know, I had the salt and pepper sample. He didn't know what I was about to do with that. He was just like, all right, salt and pepper, word. And then I chopped it and showed him, like, you put this here. And he's like, okay, okay. Then he added some more percussion. And then he replayed the drums. And then, you know, he got the guy to come in the bass. And I'm like, all right, audacity, bro. I need you to come in here and do fat man scoop it for me or something like that. That's going to be awesome. That's it. That's all you got to do, you know. <laughs> so it was a lot of, you know, back and forth and stirring it. and being like, okay, we got it, we got it. We got
0: it well, Pugs Adam, man. Appreciate catching up with you. Congratulations on your success, man. Uh, Chicago's proud of you. Appreciate you making time, man. Thanks, brother.
1: Come up sweat. up a sweat. up sweat. up up